podcast where myself and other women discuss the seen and unseen challenges and biases that women and girls face on a daily basis and how women in business are working towards changing this narrative. Today I am joined by Claire Griffiths who has created the Thrive Effect. Hello Claire. Hey Alice, it's good to be on your show. Thanks for having me. It's brilliant to have you. I wanted to talk to you about your work with the Thrive Effect and how you're empowering women in business to believe in themselves and to follow their dreams and reach their goals. And I wanted to know what was it that made you want to start the Thrive Effect? So I started the Thrive Effect, which is so called Thrive now just for ease. <laughs> I started Thrive in June 2018. Um, so what's that now? That's nearly four years ago, I suppose, three and a half years ago. Originally, it was a magazine. It was a free business magazine available across Brighton and Hove. And it was featuring exclusively female founders and women in business. And the reason I set up that is that I felt all the local business press well, wasn't profiling women in business at all, or the women that were featured in the magazines I couldn't relate to them at all so I was looking personally looking for role models or people that I could identify with and I couldn't find that in the local business press so I thought I'll do something about that by luck and a bit of work but mainly by luck <laughs> I managed to win a runners-up prize in a national competition with my idea for this magazine and that was great because it gave me five thousand pounds as startup funding to launch the magazine itself to cut a long story short I ran the magazine for a year and um, it wasn't really financially viable but alongside the magazine I wanted to meet my so mainly predominantly female founders and women in business from the local area. So I arranged to meet them up on a monthly basis to find out what they're doing, what challenges they're facing. And I found that element really empowering for them. I found it really interesting and I wanted to, with my own like expertise, I wanted to help them overcome any like business challenges they're facing and encourage them to network with each other. So I set up this monthly meetup alongside the magazine. And whilst the magazine's no longer running, I've kept the monthly meetup going. And then since then I developed other business support initiatives essentially to help local business women to start and grow their own ventures. Brilliant yeah it's been a phenomenal success I'd say and you have helped hundreds of women if not thousands to connect with each other and share their areas of expertise with each other. I've thoroughly enjoyed coming to the meetups and really try hard to make the monthly meetup and also I've enjoyed doing the courses that you've run and I haven't actually made it to the brunch yet, but I'm hoping that once we can start meeting in person, I'll be able to go to the brunch. So you work at Brighton University in the business department, is that right? Um, I work within the careers and employability team. So yeah, I'm someone who has two hats. So I've been trained up as an entrepreneurship educator or business support practitioner. And I work within our careers and employability team to enable our students and graduates to start and grow their own ventures. So I'm doing that as my main job, so to speak. And then I set up the social enterprise Thrive outside my university work, but specifically aimed at women because there's less women setting up, starting and growing businesses than there are men. So I wanted to address that gender imbalance. But what I've done with Thrive is pulled all my expertise, so to speak, from my work at the university, which is all about supporting individuals to start and grow their own ventures. 
um, and I'm using that knowledge, but then in the context of female entrepreneurship locally. And I've been in this industry, the business for industry, so to speak, since, since the start of my career, actually. I fell into it by accident. But my first job after my master's was working for a charity in East London. And it was um, managing a project, uh, a microcredit project, which was enabling unemployed women to become self-employed and access microcredit loans, small loans, ethically lent, um, to enable them to have the, the startup funding they needed to then get their businesses off the ground. And I was attracted to that particular job at the time because it was related to my master's. It was all about gender and development in the context of economic development and international development. And I was really attracted to it because I thought, oh yes, something which is specifically for women, I thought was really, really impressive. So this was back in like 2003. And, but during that time, it was quite a challenging job, was managing a team. We had very challenging funding outputs to deliver on from different funders, but we managed to support hundreds and hundreds of women to move from unemployment into self-employment. And I just loved that whole process of enabling an individual, also people that maybe haven't got access to the, the support that they actually need, but enabling them to help them turn that idea into reality. So I really get excited by the process of enabling someone to turn an idea of their head into something which then becomes a sustainable business. Yeah, it's so incredible, I think, for women to have that opportunity and to be able to access that resource. Because for a lot of women, there's so much stacked against them in the first place to be able to actually pursue what it is that they want to do. And confidence often holds women back at Thing. it definitely did for me so being able to actually find someone who's passionate about women's growth and development and then the encouragement to believe in themselves and go off and do what it is that they want to do and make a career from that that's absolutely phenomenal I think and I'm guessing that you've seen in all the years since so much change in business yeah it's been really empowering to see women pursuing their ideas and then turning that into like a sustainable livelihood I think that's really exciting to see um the economy have had a few challenges obviously over the last decade or so but the, the latest one being i suppose the pandemic definitely we all know it's affected businesses of all sizes but i would argue and i think there's still research that needs to be conducted but um i would argue also women in particular have been affected negatively because some of them may have had to pause their businesses or stop their businesses entirely in order to um, provide either homeschooling or, or childcare. and i know not every woman has a child I'm not saying that everyone's the responsibility of childcare. But for, for a lot of women, female entrepreneurs, that has been a challenge that they've had to overcome. And I've certainly seen that within the Thrive community. The people that come to my events, whether the meetups or the workshops, um, I have some like yourself <laughs> who are like loyal followers and supporters. But then I have other women who understandably their needs have changed or their economic situations changed and they've had to maybe like stop running their business or at least pause it temporarily. Um, so I think the pandemic's really affected a lot. And then the other thing with the pandemic, I think, to note is because it pressured us all as business owners to transform our activity online. I think some people struggled with that who maybe didn't have the digital IT skills that they needed. I think this is all anecdotal, to be honest. I think lots of people then overcame that knowledge gap, but I think that hadn't helped. It kind of added to the burden that particularly female entrepreneurs were facing. Yeah, and I can totally relate to that because I'm not techie at all and struggle with things like that. And I'm always reaching out to other people to help me. But actually the pandemics helped a lot because my book became a bestseller and I don't know if it necessarily would have sold so many if people weren't in lockdown. I was able to get my laptop and I didn't have a laptop before. So I was doing everything on an iPad that we also used as a TV. I would say we've changed our bedroom rounds and we've got a desk in it now, but my husband has to use the desk the majority of the time. 
because he's the main earner. So I still will either use the kitchen table or sit on the sofa or something because there's just not the space. And I think for a lot of women who were renting office spaces or had space, they suddenly lost that space because the roles kind of changed. I think for a lot of people, it was still kind of normal for the man to take up that space because that's kind of always what's happened and it's so ingrained. And in our situation, like I said, he's the main earner. So his work takes priority. It can be quite difficult because of teaching the children as well and then trying to focus on the business and not really understanding tech. I kind of felt like my mind was a bit blown most of the time because there's so much to actually fit in a day. Yeah, that sounds familiar. (laughs) As someone who has children and um, a partner who had to pause her business, to be fair, pause her business while she took the lead in homeschooling during the big lockdowns. So I'm really grateful for her support. It is a challenge. There's been so many balls I've had to juggle. I think two things that struck me during this whole pandemic experience is one, for me personally, and I think for others who may relate to, um, it's really pushed me out of my comfort zone. So I've really had to learn, um, like Zoom, like everyone now is like, oh yeah, Zoom. <laughs> but I remember like um, before the pandemic, I was invited to do a podcast interview and I was like, oh, what is this Zoom? What is this link? What do I do? What do I click? And I was really nervous about it. And then now I've been hosting loads of events on Zoom. So it's funny how steep that learning curve is. But I'd say, yeah, it's really pushed me out of my comfort zone. And the other thing that's feel as if I've really focused on, because I'm paid employment and then self-employment through Thrive and then um, two children, two dogs, <laughs> partner, I've had to really become quite smart with my time and try to find techniques where I can work quite intensely for very short periods and recognise an opportunity when it's there to like, okay, I've got this amount of time to do this. And I found I've developed a lot more. I've always been quite focused, but I think I've, I've got like this sharp, laser sharp <laughs> focus now, um, which has enabled me to get everything I wanted to do up and running. Yeah, that's great. I, it definitely has kind of pushed us into a situation where we have to have a very organised diary and be able to, well, for me, delegate as well and say, but well, I can't do it all. I've got to have support. Um, because before we would go out and do different activities and meet people but when you're at home and you're not really seeing anybody for everyone's sanity you have to kind of be able to say no I'm going to do this now and then I'll be able to focus on doing that afterwards and like you say kind of having that focus so that you can get the task done and not be distracted because obviously at home there's loads of distractions as well even being on a call zoom call it became normal for people's children to suddenly come in and they'd be completely naked or something you know or the amount of times I was on a call and and then they'd be shouting out saying that they needed me to go to wipe their bum or something and I I just think well do you remember that zoom call that business guy was on and his children came into the room and and one of them was in the walker and then the mum had to rush and get them and everyone was thinking oh you know that can't happen but then all sorts of things started to happen and, and and everyone just accepted that we're at home we're living our life and we're in a completely different environment to the usual business type of environment yeah it's made us all a lot more human isn't it and it's helped us to I think relate to each other a bit better so we all see we're not just this one I think um, identity we've got I suppose multifaceted identities haven't we and sometimes when you're in like a business meeting or networking or an event or whatever you only see one part of that person but then now since we've been all working remotely it's enabled us to get to know each other a bit better on I think with different levels yeah exactly it's definitely much more personal I think because as much as I like networking I did used to put on more of a show to of myself 
myself to kind of just seem more professional but now I kind of feel like actually a lot of the networking I do there's quite a lot of chat and laughter and and I've made some really brilliant friends from it and I and I'm really thankful that actually I've got this community around me that's kept me going throughout the whole thing so that I haven't felt lonely and at the same time just learned so much and joined things like I'm part of a meditation platform now that I wasn't I wouldn't have known about before and that's really benefiting me and just kind of having that continued support every day from people posting on social media really motivational posts and keeping everyone going and reaching out and saying remember you're not alone there are people around because I think for someone who's used to networking used to being out and seeing people and then suddenly being in it's just such a shock to the system isn't it yeah I think um it's interesting everyone's experience is different so personally I'm an introvert so I'm <laughs> quite happy so that in the sense that I'm quite happy being on my own and get quite a lot of energy just from like focusing on my own I suppose on my own work or what have you I have missed the in-person events so I'll be really happy to go back to those and host those what I think is key and what I think we all need as solopreneurs whether we're introverts or extroverts is that support that you're like talking about in all my years supporting startups to to grow the thing that I find really empowering is facilitating that peer support I think that can be really effective where women share their experience their expertise and solutions to challenges that are faced and they're like openly share those with other women I think that's to me one of the most effective ways to support startups and small businesses to grow yeah definitely peer support is so important and I have to say you're brilliant at at facilitating that and I like I always remember that I met someone who is a lawyer at your meetup and if it wasn't for her then the book wouldn't have been out when it was because she gave me some invaluable advice and has since done so as well and it really helped massively just having that support and knowing that actually if I do things too soon then there's a risk that someone else might try and take that concept or if I don't have certain things in place then I won't be ready in time and it was a really steep learning curve because I started promoting it far too soon and I've learned now not to promote until we're absolutely ready to get it ready and launch so um, yeah definitely wouldn't have learned that without the support of those female peers. Oh it's great that you've, you've made those connections what I found remarkable about the Thrive community is that everyone and I'm not saying this because I set up <laughs> but I do feel that everyone is genuinely really supportive of each other and is really open and generous with their knowledge and their expertise and no one's wanting anyone else to to fall down we're all wanting each other to succeed and, and get to where we're wanting to go and I'm really impressed with how supportive the, the community has been so it's great to hear that you've gained valuable like, advice from, from that lawyer in particular yeah I'd say that they're all cheerleaders aren't they they're all so happy when they hear the success stories and also if anyone has any challenges they're so quick to step up and say oh I can do this or I know someone else who can do it if you give me your details I'll pass them on to this person and they'll be able to help and that for me is something that just has worked wonders with my business and my confidence as well so like when I first started coming to your meetup I wasn't a very confident person and now knowing that I've got all those women behind me holding me up and guiding me just really is a massive support and safety net I think yeah no it's good it's, it's great to hear you've benefited from it it's not only you personally but also your business but yeah having that knowledge that all those women like you say is your cheerleaders behind you rallying you to go on I think it can be really powerful particularly because they're there everyone seems to be happy to share their 
their solutions to challenges that they've overcome and even we can be in completely different industries and have businesses at completely different stages and yet we've still got something to learn from each other and that's I think I see as one of my roles is trying to enable people to make those connections so that they can learn from each other whatever stage they're at along their business journey definitely. Yeah I think it's also quite easy to look at someone who is successful in their field and forget how much work they've put in and how far they've come but also when you're starting out it's quite easy to feel intimidated by someone else's success because you don't necessarily feel that way yourself and I think that no one really makes me feel like that within the group they might be experts in whatever it is that they're doing but they're really happy to learn about someone else's business as well and offer the advice that they have and I always come out of it knowing more and feeling more confident and just being able to manage myself more rather than because I I have a tendency as I think a lot of people do of feeling overwhelmed and overloaded and not able to focus necessarily on everything that I need to do because there always seems to be so much but especially with the business plan that you have where you break everything down it just makes it so I can make sense of everything I find it easier to see it when I'm doing it in small chunks rather than looking at the business as a whole yeah same that's why the the reason why I've designed the the canvas it's called the business clarity canvas that's why the reason I did design that business planning tool as I did because it can be really overwhelming to yeah to think about everything you need to be doing in your business and so if you can break things down into small chunks and just think actually take a step back say these are all the different areas of my business and then consider what you need to be doing for each of those areas things become a bit more manageable I've had feedback that it's been a useful tool for people to clarify their ideas and just think okay what am I doing what do I need to be doing to get rid of that overwhelm like you say yeah the step-by-step guide just seems to make it like a less scary thing I think especially for people who like for me I'm really good at networking and I'm really good at making connections and I'm a people person but when it comes to other aspects of my business I'm not so confident in that some people say oh don't put yourself down and I say to them well I know what my strengths it's a bit like making cakes I'm not a cake expert so when it's the girls birthday parties I tend to get someone else to make the cake for them because then they I know they'll have a decent cake so I'm quite happy to reach out and, and, and ask for help with that so I'm also happy to ask for help when it comes to things in my business because I know what I'm confident most with and then what I'm not so confident with I will ask and I know that I'm always asking you as well for like different contacts advice and and you always get back to me and you most of the time are able to point me out to somebody rather than stabbing in the dark I just feel like yeah actually I know if I message Claire then you'll get back to me and you'll know something even if you don't you can't help me at that point you'll be able to give me some really valuable advice that then I can take forward and nine times out of ten I will find the help that I need but there's still some things that I struggle to get done yeah I think it's completely normal as well what you go through I think it's really good that you were able to identify what your strengths are and then with those things that aren't your strengths then either source support with those or delegate um to others and or, or find out who you need to get in contact with for help in that area because um when none of us are perfect none of us are able to do absolutely everything we've all I think if you can play to your strengths as well I'm becoming more and more aware of if just play to your strengths and then delegate the other stuff or stuff that doesn't interest you or takes up too much time and I know not all startups can delegate straight away but I would recommend as soon as they can they should try 
like to delegate some of those tasks to free up some of their time so they can then focus on what they're really good at. And it's the same with marketing as well. I think this is an area which I feel a lot of female founders come to me saying, oh, I'm feeling a lot of overwhelm in, in marketing because you could be doing so many different things, so many different activities, using so many different channels. And then obviously we've now got the growing power of social media, but then also we've got people wanting to read newsletters and then we've got press and it's like, ah, where do I go? And I would say just focus on what you enjoy creating in terms of marketing content because there's obviously try to populate the channels where your customers are or your followers are yeah try to place your strengths and create content that interests and excites you because there's no point doing something which you actually don't enjoy because it just takes so much longer it's a lot more painful <laughs> that's my insight anyway that's what I've been doing yeah I, I remember on International Women's Day last year I was trying to upload a video onto my Instagram and it was really frustrating me then at the end of the day I went over to my neighbours who's helped me with loads of tech and she uploaded it straight away no problem and I just said to her what did you do she said oh I just clicked my fingers and it worked and I I don't know what I was doing but I just could not get it to upload and I'm so thankful that it did upload but yeah it's, it can be daunting like you said especially for startups when they might not necessarily have the finances or the connections yeah. to actually be able to do everything and it does take much longer when it's not your strength and you know you need to do it because it needs to get done but you're not doing it because you're passionate it does take so long to do and then it's frustrating and there's that risk of burnout quite quickly isn't there yeah I think um, I think people are becoming more aware of how to look after themselves better I think there's been a lot of advice shared thankfully during the pandemic on mental health and well-being and not pressuring yourself into trying to do everything all at once particularly as a solopreneur you have so many tasks um, and responsibilities that it can be sometimes hard to work out what to focus on and prioritize but yeah I think from what I can read on like LinkedIn and people's posts on social media as well um, like Instagram I can see people are becoming more aware of how to avoid that burnout it is a problem yeah definitely that's why I joined the meditation platform so that I could just have that time to like some of the meditations are only like three minutes so it's not even that long because for some people I think that's also a daunting thing and something else you know oh the dishes need to be done or or the laundry needs to be done, or the house is a complete mess, but I need five minutes to just sit down. And do you know that book, Five Minutes Peace? I haven't read it, but I know of it. And it's just, all she wants is a bath and just five minutes, but everyone keeps going in and asking her questions and, and wanting her to get out and do things. It is kind of like that, I find, particularly with having children, small children, and the level of needs of those around you is quite hard to focus on your own needs but I have definitely got much better at it because I realized that actually trying to run the business and be there for my husband be there for my daughters I really needed to just have time to myself so I've been having like salt baths and doing the meditation and also I know somebody who does breath work so I've done a few breath work sessions and she recommended doing that in the morning before I get out of bed so that I can start the day and feel like I just had that time for me and really being able to get into my own thought process because that's the other thing it's not only the physical that's happening it's often what's going on in our heads isn't it like that self-doubt and oh really should I be doing this I'm not good at this or the books aren't selling does anyone even want them anymore it's quite hard to motivate yourself to keep going sometimes isn't it oh yeah totally and I think that the self-doubt or the the inner critic um oh, 
it can be a nightmare. Um, it's something I've suffered from. And I know a lot of the women within the Thrive community have also suffered from some form of self-doubt. It comes and goes. I think it's probably normal as part of the entrepreneurial journey. It's good if you can find ways to, yeah, to manage that and to like it, whether it's finding that time for yourself, like you say, doing a breathing work, finding time to reflect on what you're doing and then explore solutions if you're like facing challenges. I think it's also good to just communicate about it and I know that's happening more now and as soon as you start to share any feelings you have of like self-doubt or your inner critic that you can't seem to turn off the more you can share that with some of your peers the the better Um, so often I'll I'll reach out to either my accountability partner or talk to my partner or one of my colleagues and say oh having this I don't know like (laughs) professional identity crisis I don't know what I'm good at Um, which is something that happened to me last summer and and it was really helpful having conversations various peers and colleagues people saying no yeah this is what these are your strengths as well but I think it's all part of the journey but I think it's important to share what you're going through and then find ways to kind of overcome those like self-limiting beliefs or that self-doubt yeah it's so good to be able to talk to someone else and realize that actually you're not alone that someone who is kind of at the top of their field and been doing it for a long time or just seems like somebody who is really on top of everything actually has days where they feel like they're not and we're all vulnerable and we all need to be able to accept that vulnerability and not feel ashamed of it or run away from it just accept yeah some days I'm really productive other days I can barely get off the sofa and that's fine yeah totally I think it's important as well to give yourself time off and that's something I've encouraged and I've done particularly over the last couple of years so taking good chunks of time off during some of the school holidays and having time as well just to get away from everything whether it's social media or email and literally turning everything off everything digital off and allowing yourself the permission to do that as well sometimes I think people feel maybe guilty that they should be working when actually the most effective thing to do is particularly if you're feeling some kind of a rut the most effective thing you can do is take a break and last summer I took a massive break I was fortunate enough to be able to take a big break during August and I came back so refreshed and so clear-minded we can't underestimate the power of just switching off and taking time off what was interesting about that particular break is I went to visit a friend she lives on this remote island in Scotland off the west coast of Scotland and there's no like internet connection no phone signal very very limited signal so literally we're cut off so to speak um <laughs> for like a whole week and it was so refreshing um as soon as we'd worked out okay in an emergency our parents or my in-laws can contact us here as soon as we'd worked out that then after that I was just like Phew. Let's just enjoy time off, <laughs> time off the grid. I felt that really helped as well. Just not having that constant itch to maybe want to check emails or well, I've stopped doing this now, but like check emails or social media. Yeah, it's so easy to just kind of find yourself scrolling through social media, isn't it? And just checking kind of mindlessly sometimes what is happening and you don't actually need to do it. It's just force of habit. And I think being somewhere where you are cut off is really... We we all need to do that and that's happened for me as well sometimes where I've had to just switch off because I just knew that I wasn't able to give that time to myself or my family and it was causing me anxiety as well because I felt like I was on my phone or my laptop or whatever and the girls were seeing me and I don't want them to feel like my technology is more important than them I want them to know that they are of the utmost importance and they always will be and it doesn't matter if, if I lost my phone I 
never had a phone again as long as I've got them it really doesn't matter because sometimes it can seem like that's really important and sometimes you know like it will be on the side and they'll bring it over to me and they say oh mummy you haven't got your phone and I say well I don't need it actually I just want to have it on the side so that we can sit down and relax and read a book together or do some yesterday we did some coloring in we all we all um colored in the same page of this book it had loads of different hearts with patterns on and we were all doing a heart each and it just was so nice to be able to sit down and do that activity together that didn't involve any technology we were chatting because that's the other thing I really like chatting and when we're walking out and about we all chat to each other and I and I think like that's so important as well because they are of conversation sometimes gets a bit lost because we're so absorbed in technology so being able to switch off from it all and have proper conversations and laugh and connect person to person that's just lovely as well yeah no definitely um big fan of getting off tech and getting off screens um, both for me personally but then also for my children and we're always as parents we're quite strict in terms of the screen time that we have which our children sorry have access to because I think it's like you say that art of conversation <laughs> has gone a bit something positive that came out of the pandemic was particularly during the lockdowns when we were homeschooling with the children with two dogs so they always need obviously walking so it was a great opportunity for us and the kids to just all get out together do the exercise we need to but get out on the hills get the dogs out and just change scenery but away from all the screens that we have access to these days yeah that was the beauty of it we went out a lot as well it was really nice so what do you see in the future for Thrive interesting question um so I've been working on my vision for the year what I'd like to do this year is well change websites completely and have a new website where I'll be able to sell some learning materials so you mentioned like the business planner tool, the business clarity canvas, someone's be able to sell that. Uh, so make it accessible and, and sell that on the website. So various learning tools to help people think more creatively, find clarity, take action, just like really positive, practical business tools. So that's one thing I'm working on. Um, so the website itself and then the tools. And then I'd like to do more in-person events this year as well. So last year, well, last two years, lost track of time to be honest but whenever the pandemic hit us everything's been online so this year I'd like to really get off zoom and host more in-person events but I would like to get a balance one of my values is making the business support I provide through Thrive as accessible as it can be so by that I mean in my learning materials making them really clear really jargon free really easy to understand really practical and then in terms of accessibility regarding pricing I want to try and make everything as affordable as it can be so I don't have a membership model people can just come and go as they please to whichever events they find most useful for them at their time um, so I'd like to host more events which are affordable accessible and have some online and some in person so people can access what they want changing websites hosting more in-person events keeping everything as accessible as it can be. I think that's about it for the moment. I was really fortunate last year to get some funding and that was from the Angelata Foundation. So that enabled me to host a series of workshops. I'd like to create some more like funding applications and see if we could access some more funding this year. So yeah, fingers crossed I can host some more workshops alongside the other business support initiatives I'll put on. Excellent. That sounds really exciting. I'm looking forward to it all and I'm looking forward to doing more with Thrive. Thank um, you very much for today. Well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me and thanks for 
being such a, a fantastic supporter and like um, cheerleader as well for Thrive. I really appreciate it, Alice. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Farting Feminist Podcast. My mission is to encourage all girls and women to know how incredible they truly are. You can find out more about the work I'm doing at www.aliceclovestories.com. Please don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family.